right, that was a little more of Jake Shimabukuro, who joined us at the top of the hour. And if you missed that segment, it is up on my show blog right now at uh, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. Jeremy Noble is standing by to join us, and he's on right now. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Thank you for calling in. You're in Brookline, Massachusetts. I am. I lived there for many, many years. Oh, I recall that. Yes. Well, welcome back. Beacon Street. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. Yeah, and I went to BU, so I know that whole area. Yeah. So tell me about the Foundation for Art and Healing. Sure. So the Foundation for Art and Healing is a nonprofit organization. We've been around for about 12, 13 years. And our mission is to promote the idea that creative arts expression can improve health and well-being for individuals and community. And you're part of uh, the Harvard School of Public Health? Well, I personally am a physician and also on the faculty at both the Harvard School of Public Health and Harvard Medical School. And while what we do at the foundation is very much related to the same health activities we all strive to support in public health, it's a separate, independent foundation. Tell me about some of the projects that you've worked on. Sure. So when you think about health and well-being, it's a very broad palette of concerns, as I'm sure you and the listeners are aware. But the area we focus most on over the last few years is the public health issue, almost a crisis, I would say, that very few people are talking about, and that's the health burden of loneliness and isolation. Right. I know you're a leader in the field of medical humanities. Talk about a little bit about what that is. Sure. So medical humanities really is an invitation when you think about health and healthcare to think past just the biologic, medical um, parts of illness management. Uh, great strides have been made in the development of powerful uh, medications, terrific surgical techniques, and so on to fix our bodies. Mm-hmm. But there's a growing uh, awareness that the body and the mind and the spirit are all connected. And medical humanities as a field really looks to the rich tradition of humanities to inform and support not just practitioners of the art of medicine, but also patients in how they struggle to be as healthy as they can be and enjoy those benefits. Mm-hmm. Now you have medical a... Human- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, so medical humanities, you know, has been growing. There are over 80 programs in various medical schools around the country. We think it's a big step forward in how we think about medicine as the critical way to support people in being as healthy as they can be, which really extends beyond illness. And as the World Health Organization points out in their own preamble, health is more than the absence of illness. Mm -hmm. It's the full achievement of mental, physical, and social possibilities. And medical humanities and the study of how um, we function best as individuals in this community is a terrific foundation for supporting big leaps forward in health. So what are some of the kind of things that uh, people get involved in? I, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I, on your website is expressive writing, music, movement, visual arts, things like that. Right, right. So uh, at the core of almost everything we do in art and healing or arts and health is inviting people to find their own personal story, share that story, and listen attentively to the stories of other people. And the benefits of that are, are beyond question. There's been great medical research showing the benefits. And 
even when you think about our own lives and how we often feel unburdened when we share our stories with other people, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a general sense that we all, all benefit from that. Then the question is, how do we do it more effectively? How do we get past our, sometimes our shyness, our reluctance to tell our stories? And that's where creative arts can be tremendously uh, catalytic as a way to invite people forward into finding and sharing their own story. Right. Now, you've got some creative things on your website, which is artandhealing.org. And uh, by the way, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Jeremy. Is it Nobel? Nobel, yeah. Nobel of the Foundation of Art and Healing. There's a film festival, and there's the Unloneliness Project. Do you want to talk about some of those things? It would be a pleasure. So let's talk about the Unloneliness Project, and then we'll talk about the Creatively Connected Film Festival, which is part of the Unloneliness Project. So about two years ago, Janine, when we started thinking about all the work we've done over the last decade with veterans, with older adults, with people with major illness, the one common thread when we asked them how it was a positive experience for them was that it made them feel more connected and less lonely. And to be completely honest, we weren't looking for that answer. But as researchers, when we saw that result, it became clear there was an opportunity to focus on loneliness and isolation as a way that the arts could help. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, we were coming to that conclusion, some incredibly interesting and important uh, biomedical epidemiologic research was coming to light, showing that loneliness and isolation not only has a mental health burden of for depression, substance abuse, and suicide, but also in some way we don't fully understand, seems to change the immune system and the inflammatory response so that people actually have an, an increased risk of early mortality, an increased risk of dying earlier than they otherwise would if they're lonely, mm-hmm. which is about on par with smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Whoa. And that, that takes a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. I want to share something with you because the theme of the show, Get the Funk Out, one of the things that was so interesting in having you on is that you do talk about this unloneliness project and you can be lonely at any age. You can be lonely as a little kid. And I know when I was living in Brookline, there were times I was very, very lonely and I would throw myself into the arts. I would go take um, some ceramics classes. I was taking music lessons. I mean, those <coughs> kind of things were so important to mental health. And many people, Jane, have found that. And the, the really magical thing, and it's so important when we embrace this as a social opportunity, is it's not about the quality of the art. Right. Some people are fantastic artists, and that's a great thing. Great art inspires and moves us. But just expressing yourself through anything almost that allows you to tell your story and get your thoughts and feelings out. Right. The big four, as we often, the traditional four... <laughs> are music, mm-hmm. dance, visual art, which includes sculpture and three-dimensional art, and language art, so poetry and expressive writing, all are incredibly powerful. And what we often call the common three, or the big three, are gardening, which a good friend of mine calls the world's slowest performance art, right. if you imagine <laughs> those, those blossoms blooming. Yes. Uh, sewing and textile art, you know, kind of sitting together with people knitting or quilting, incredibly uh, creative and powerful. And then culinary art, what, which we have an opportunity to do several times a day. Right. Absolutely. And you don't have to be great at any of this. Exactly. And, and when we started doing the research about what happens in the brain when you're creative, 
they're three very separate but very distinct activities that seem to come together to create the positive health benefit. So the first is the making of the art itself, so that when you're writing the poem, taking the photograph, cooking the meal, that in itself, that creative energy of synthesizing uh, vision, imagination, possibility, that seems to have benefit independently. Yes. Then the sharing of the art with someone else. And I think many of us can remember a time when we wrote a meaningful poem or uh, drew something that had meaning to us or a meaningful photograph and then had separate benefit and a sense of connection when we shared it with another person. And the third piece is when we receive the art of someone else. And that is incredibly interesting because sometimes it's receiving art, like listening to a Beethoven sonata yes. of someone who hasn't been with us physically for decades or centuries, and yet we still feel connected, enlivened, inspired, and invigorated. Oh, it's great. It's, it's a tremendous way to get the funk out, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit more about you know, the film festival, yes. which you kindly asked about. Oh, you know, this idea of loneliness and isolation being important in, in human experience, that's not a new idea. But for a lot of reasons, I think many people, even myself at times, aren't that comfortable talking about being lonely. Certainly our own loneliness often is associated with a sense of, you know, guilt, shame, and what's wrong with me, and, you know, no one wants to be my friend. That we, who doesn't remember sure. those feelings from early in their life? And it persists, as you say. And so, how do we move past that? And we thought, really, it was a great suggestion by one of the folks we work with, have a film festival, celebrate loneliness. Hey, yes. Well, you, you can imagine, it, it, at first it took a while to get used to that idea, and, but it, it's really taken off, and so we are launching what I think is probably the world's first film festival on loneliness and isolation. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> now, we've learned a little bit about um, how to label things so that it's more inviting, so it may surprise you, we're, we are not calling it the Loneliness and Isolation Film Festival. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the Creatively Connected Film Festival. We are very excited about the enthusiastic partnerships we've had with groups like AARP, National Alliance of Mental Illness, Northeast Business Group on Health, and others to promote that to their constituency, to come online and see films, the power of film to tell the story of loneliness and isolation, paradoxically, in a way that's inspiring and invigorating, so that while you might think, oh, I'm going to feel terrible seeing films on, on loneliness, in fact, everyone we show these films to feels energized, um, enlivened, connected, and so we think we're on to something. I think it's great. So where can people find out more about this? And I know, where I mean, they can't see the films if they're not in Brookline, but can they see them online? Well, in fact, that's our goal, is to make it available online. Okay. We, la we launch in early May, on May 9th, and, but we're happy to sign up. If you'd like to sign up, we'll send you an invitation to come join us when the film festival is live. You can sign up on our website. You mentioned it, but again, it's, www.artandhealing.org and find your way to our film festival or any of the, the sign-ups and we'll let you know and come join us, be more connected, feel less lonely and bring your friends. That's great. Jeremy, thank you so much for taking the time to call in. 
Well, it's our pleasure, and thank you for doing the job you're doing to connect our community and all of us who get the funk out. We really appreciate it. Awesome. I'll be in touch with you because I'd like to, you know, when we watch some of these films. Absolutely, and maybe we'll come back on and share more of the audience reaction when we've had a chance to be up and live for a while. Sounds great. Thanks, Jeremy. You're quite welcome. Have a, Have great a wonderful day. day. You too. Bye-bye. That was Jeremy Nobel, the founder and president of the Foundation for Art and Healing, joining us to talk about all kinds of great things that are going on between the film festival and the Unloneliness Project. If you missed any part of this segment, it'll be up on my blog within an hour or so after I wrap, and the blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. I do want to mention that we are on Twitter, KUCI-FM, Instagram, KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org and Facebook, KUCI 88.9. We'll take a little break. And then my last guest, Christine Gross-Lowe, is calling in to talk about the path, what Chinese philosophers can teach us about the good life. It's a really fascinating read. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. (laughs) 